May. On the night before homecoming Sunday at the Grace Baptist Church, the Reverend Lester Lowe has a terrible dream from which he awakes, trembling, bathed in sweat, staring at the narrow windows of the parsonage. Through them, across the road, he can see his church. Moonlight falls through the parsonage's bedroom windows in still silver beams, and for one moment he fully expects to see the werewolf the old codgers have all been whispering about. Then he closes his eyes, begging for forgiveness for his superstitious lapse, finishing his prayer by whispering the, For Jesus' sake, Amen, so his mother taught him to end all his prayers. Ah, but the dream. In his dream, it was tomorrow, and he had been preaching the homecoming sermon. The church is always filled on homecoming Sunday. Only the oldest of the old codgers still call it Old Home Sunday now. And instead of looking out on pews half or wholly empty as he does on most Sundays, every bench is full. In his dream, he has been preaching with a fire and a force that he rarely attains in reality. He tends to drone, which may be one reason the Grace Baptist attendance has fallen off so drastically in the last 10 years or so. This morning, his tongue seems to have been touched with the Pentecostal fire. And he realizes that he is preaching the greatest sermon of his life. And the subject is this. The beast walks among us. Over and over he hammers at the point, vaguely aware that his voice has grown roughly strong, that his words have attained an almost poetic rhythm. The beast, he tells them, is everywhere. The great Satan, he tells them, can be anywhere. At a high school dance, buying a deck of Marlboros and a big butane lighter down at the trading post, standing in front of Brighton's drug, eating a Slim Jim, and waiting for the 440 Greyhound from Bangor to pull in. The beast might be sitting next to you at a band concert or having a piece of pie at the Chat and Chew on Main Street. The beast, he tells them, his voice dropping to a whisper that throbs and no eye wanders. He has them in thrall. Watch for the beast, for he may smile and he may say he is your neighbor, but Oh, my brethren, his teeth are sharp, and you may mark the uneasy way in which his eyes roll. He is the beast, and he is here now in Tarker's Mills. He, but here he breaks off, his eloquence gone, because something terrible is happening out there in his sunny church. His congregation is beginning to change. And he realizes with horror that they are turning into werewolves. All of them, all 300 of them. Victor Bowl, the head selectman, usually so white and fat and pudgy. 
His skin is turning brown, roughening, darkening with hair. Violet McKenzie, who teaches piano, her narrow spinster's body is filling out, her thin nose flattening and splaying. The fat science teacher, Albert Freeman, seems to be growing fatter. His shiny blue suit is splitting. Cock springs of hair are bursting out like stuffing from an old sofa. His fat lips split back like bladders to reveal teeth the size of piano keys. The beast, the Reverend Lowe tries to say in his dreams, but the words fail him and he stumbles back from the pulpit in horror as Cal Baldwin, the Grace Baptist head deacon, shambles down the center aisle, snarling money spilling from the silver collection plate, his head cocked to one side. Violent McKenzie leaps on him and they roll in the aisle together, biting and shrinking in voices which are almost human. And now the others join in and the sound is like a zoo at feeding time. And this time, the Reverend Lowe screams it out in a kind of ecstasy. The beast! The beast is everywhere! Everywhere! Every! But his voice is no longer his voice. It has become an articulate, snarling sound. And when he looks down, he sees the hands protruding from the sleeves of his good black suit coat have become snaggled paws. And then he awakes. Only a dream, he thinks, lying back down again. Only a dream. Thank God. But when he opens the church doors that morning, the morning of homecoming Sunday, the morning after the full moon. It is no dream he sees. It is the gutted body of Clyde Corliss, who has done janitorial work for years, hanging face down over the pulpit. His push broom leans close by. None of this is a dream. The Reverend Lowe only wishes it could be. He opens his mouth, hitches in a great gasping breath and begins to scream. Spring has come back again, and this year the beast has come with it.